The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Good morning, Stunt Brainiacs. Hello, Blaze Radio audience. Welcome to Pure Opelka on this, I hope, beautiful Saturday morning here in the Northeast. But here in Delaware, it's gray and overcast. I'll tell you what, it better not be gray and overcast on the 21st when the eclipse hits. I'll be very upset. But uh, contrary to my wishes and plans, I will not be in Nashville. I will be here in the Delaware covering the eclipse. And I believe I did some checking on this because you can actually go to a website and plug in your uh, zip code and it will tell you how much of the eclipse you will experience. And I believe here, here in the DE, as we like to say, I'm going to get about 72%, 72, 73% of the eclipse. And it will happen right in the last hour of Puropelka. So uh, thankfully and hopefully, we'll be able to report to you exactly what's happening as it happens during the eclipse on the 21st from a place where it's going to be considerably different in terms of light. One, I was talking to a... Um, a local photographer here in Delaware, a guy who's pretty well known in this state at least, and he said one of the fascinating things you should keep an eye on during the eclipse is not the sky, but see what the shadows of the trees do during the eclipse. See what happens to the trees and the leaves and how they look on the ground and their shadows. So keep an eye out for that. That's a little hip tip. Also looking over the news this morning as you listen to the news, not much different. The, uh, the governor of Guam is telling the people that the president has assured the residents of that tiny island that they are safe. The president has also reiterated some of his warnings to, to North Korea and to Kim Jong Fatso that he, uh, he better not do anything. And speak, <laughs> speaking of which, I think I have, that, I have that montage of the president. He had some pretty interesting things to say. Uh, the president, they, they put together a, a, a series of Donald Trump statements on, uh, on things, you know, because he said earlier this week, if, if Kim Jong-un does anything, launches any missiles, he will experience something that the world has never seen before, the likes of which the world has never seen before. The president apparently likes to say that a lot. This is from the guys at Now This News. They will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. We have things that we have never seen before as a group. We have never seen before. Numbers that nobody's seen before. Money like nobody's ever seen before. Funds like nobody's ever seen before. A state dinner like you've never seen before. A bubble like you've never seen before. Airports the likes of which you have never, ever seen before. 
perhaps like we've never seen before, like really nobody has seen before. We have a thing going on that they've never seen before. Like you've never seen before. Like you've never seen before. That nobody's seen before. Beyond anything we've ever seen before. You will see stories. I'm going to let him continue in the background because he, he goes on like this for quite a while, apparently. It might be during the whole show. We'll check back in on Donald Trump a, a little bit later to see if if he's still going on. This was all throughout last year in the campaign. The president also has the uh, the media on edge this morning because he made a statement yesterday about Venezuela and that we wouldn't rule out sending troops to Venezuela. I I wonder what the purpose is for that statement, because this was the president who did say, you know, we're not going to be the world's policemen. Now, we do have to do something in North Korea. But do we have to do something in Venezuela? Aren't there some neighbors down there who could be doing something to help out Venezuela? You got people starving, people, people breaking into zoos to get animals to eat. Is that really our job? After all, we have some other issues to deal with. Some big issues to deal with. You know, issues like the outrage over eyebrow wigs. Wait, what, did he just say eyebrow wigs? Yeah. Yeah, some, some uh, Instagram video of a makeup artist using eyebrow wigs has got people freaking out. First of all, did you know there were eyebrow wigs? Was anybody aware there were eyebrow wigs? Oh, my gosh. I was not aware. Now, of course, there are people who have alopecia, people who suffer from uh, a lack of body hair that makes my uh, diminishing hairline look, uh, look like a walk in the park. But um, people got offended at the fact that this makeup artist was putting eyebrow wigs on women for just beauty purposes. Now, one of the critics of this eyebrow wig installation video, I just can't believe I'm saying the phrase eyebrow wigs on the radio. I just think it's, it's probably one of the weirdest things. Who knew eyebrow wigs were a thing? And who is the, I want to know who's the guy making a billion dollars off eyebrow wigs. I suspect that no one's making that kind of money yet. But, you know, it's early, I'm sure, in the eyebrow wig business world. <laughs> but in this, in this video where this, uh, this makeup artist shows people, look, here's how you, here's how you put on the eyebrow, the, the eyebrow wigs on people that don't have it. Well, they're saying that you can't do this. People who have alopecia or people who are social justice warriors are, are now saying, stop it. You're culturally appropriating it. It's tasteless and wrong. So wait a minute. You're not allowed to add to your eyebrows? We see people all the time. And what, what, if, if it's wrong for a person to put on cosmetic eyebrows, eyebrow wigs, 
Is it wrong to also, are, are they next coming after the people who put on false eyelashes? Because somebody better get a hold of Dolly Parton right now and tell her that the social justice warriors are coming for her next. One of the reactions said, this week in privilege, when you open up a statement saying this week in privilege, beauty bloggers take eyebrow wigs meant for those with hair loss and make it into a fashion trend. Realize that. Someone actually is upset. Are we running out of eyebrow wigs? Is that really the problem here? Have, have all of the eyebrow wigs been snapped up by those greedy little people who want bigger eyebrows and they're depriving the folks with alopecia? of the access to the eyebrow wigs. I'm just stunned the eyebrow wig is a thing. And for those of you who do not believe that it's a thing, I will send you a link to it because it, it is on Instagram. The outrage is palpable. And I think we need to mock these things. I just... <laughs> how long before we have... Just entire salons dedicated to eyebrow wigs. <laughs> eyebrow wigs. Now, if you're wondering, could you wear an eyebrow wig? Well, they're typically made from human hair that's sewn into like a little flexible base of transparent lace. And then uh, you put a little glue on the skin and they snap it right on there. They last for two to three days. So if, if you want to spend your weekend with uh, some uh, bigger, better eyebrows, just know that you can put them on Friday and they're probably going to last till Monday. And uh, a set of these, you can get them as cheaply as $22 a set. But if you want to go highbrow, see what I did there? Highbrow. You could actually spend $100 Eyebrow wigs. Yes, eyebrow wigs. We have white nationalists getting ready to march on Charlottesville, Virginia today after a night of tension and a little bit of violence. And we have people who are worried and angry and upset about eyebrow wigs. It's all about priorities, people. It's all about priorities. Speaking of priorities, I'm taking a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We, uh, we finished up talking about the uh, eyebrow wigs, and we'll get that to you. But, you know, let's check back in with uh, President Trump. He was, he was talking about this is this massive montage of how many times he's used the phrase like we've never seen before. Still going, see? Like you've never seen before. 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 Is that true? Never seen 
before. It's amazing. Never seen before. Never ever. Nobody's ever seen before. Like nobody is. This is like a Springsteen before. concert. He's he's gonna just keep going. This is all. These are all individuals. They're not repeating. Yeah, I'm gonna hold it right there. We'll come back to that. It's it's going on and on and on. And I understand we all crutch on phrases. I catch myself. That's one of the things radio people actually have this this promise to each other. If I catch you crutching on a phrase and overusing it, I, I tell you. And same thing. If if Glenn or Doc or Jeffy hears me using the same phrase over and over again, it behooves us to let the other one know, hey, you know, you're saying this thing over and over and over again. You might want to tone that one down or let lose that one. But the president, somebody needs to tell him. Now, maybe that's his thing. Obama, Obama had it too. Obama used to use, uh, he used to say like, listen, and he would want to punctuate things. So Obama had crutches. They all do. Everybody's got a, a verbal crutch that they use. But this one, like we've never seen before. So, they're, um, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I mentioned the fact that uh, there, there's going to be a, sort of a, a, a dangerous situation going on today. In, in South Carolina, or Virginia, I'm sorry, is it Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, where this, um, this jack wagon is trying to get a bunch of white nationalists all stirred up. What are we doing? Seriously, people, what are we doing? The, last night, there were clips all over the media of people standing around a statue of Thomas Jefferson chanting white lives matter, white lives matter. If, if you're taking part in that group, I have to tell you, you're doing it wrong, very wrong. If you think that's helping, then uh, you, my friend, are an idiot and you're, you're helping tear apart this country. It's, it's disturbing enough when, when we have groups out there chanting black lives matter black lives matter and getting mad when someone says all lives matter but to try and drive a deeper wedge into the conversation and start chanting white lives matter you're just you're you're definitely trying to start trouble so i hope i hope and and actually do pray for cooler heads to prevail today and I hope we don't see uh, any. There were a couple of arrests last night and a little bit of violence. Because you know what will happen. This will be the entire narrative going forward on cable news for the rest of the weekend. This and North Korea. That's it. We're going to show just, just how those white nationalists are. And they're all going to paint them with Trump supporters. They're going to find one or two of them wearing a Make America Great hat. And they're going to put them on TV. So you, you're not helping people. Not helping at all. Um, you know what? Uh, next hour, I think next hour we'll, uh, we'll play the game. Who said it? Trump or Kim Jong-un? Because it's always fun. And then you, you might be able to play along too. 
Uh, also, I, I wish if you were planning on going to North Korea and having a, you know, a nice meal, you know, the State Department has said you can't go there anymore. But um, there, there is a, a restaurant in North Korea that, that people have been apparently visiting and writing reviews for. The restaurant is the Magnolia House Restaurant. And it's uh, right there on the banks of the Potong River in Pyongyang, just downstream from the Victorious Fatherland Liberation Museum. And uh, let's see, around the corner from the Korean Central History Museum and the Koryo Hotel Pyongyang. So it's a, you can actually walk from the Hotel Pyongyang to the Magnolia House restaurant. And if you if you want to know uh, just what kind what kind of food did they have there, well, I tend to rely on the ratings from the people who may have eaten there before. Because don't you don't you go to like Yelp and see what the ratings are for restaurants when you want to try something new? Well, I I did visit the uh, Google reviews for the Magnolia House restaurant. Let me just share a couple of them with you. Joe Whiskey wrote, I asked my waiter how long he worked there and if he liked his job. Before he had a chance to respond, he was dragged away to a re-education camp along with his extended family. Food was okay. Salad was best part. Froyo was cursed. Well, I'm sorry about the waiter, but, you know, I, just an okay food review. That's, that's not, not good. Uh, okay, this, this one from Ibrahim Abid. I was kind of hungry after I hadn't eaten for three days. I found this restaurant. It was just a shack with a patch of grass, but there were cows on it, so I was sold. I got inside and ordered myself a nice steak, but the old hag just pushed a menu against me and had no option but to look. There were three dishes, grass salad, grass gourmet, and steamed grass. Now, steamed grass sounds the least disgusting, so I picked that. But oh boy, was I wrong. <coughs> the woman grabbed a sharp stone and struck it to the cow's belly. And then she started to move it in a seesaw fashion. I was disgusted, but hey, meat is meat. So my mouth started to water. However, she didn't kill the cow. She just moved her hand into its belly and took out a handful of grass steaming with stomach. Well, there you go. There you go. Now, uh, Techno Gaming gave it a one-star review and said, on my way to Pyongyang in the Magnolia House, I passed the Sea of Japan, and I'm starting to think that uh, they accidentally called the wrong side of the Yellow Sea, as all the nuclear missiles may have landed there and turned it, well, yellow. Ray Badalich says, I had the Rodman rack of ribs. It was too spicy. Someone else said, look, the view is spectacular. This is from Carissa Fabian. The view is spectacular. I ordered the pickled labor feces and I loved it. Sadly, I, I needed the great bread leader. There's more here. Brad writes, you must try the kimchi. Seriously. It's the only thing on the menu. I think the mosquito burgers were good too. 
Pyongyang and the Magnolia House restaurant. I'll tweet out a link. You decided you want to go. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Jumping the gun, I am. And it is uh, just after halftime on today's show. Jeff Fisher waiting in the wings. The Jeff Fisher program next on this great radio service, the Blaze Radio. And it's fresh programming. How do you know? Because we're talking about stuff going on today. Yeah, we're going to get to the... uh, the Dallas Cowboy problem, because I have a question about the NFL I want to address. But we were we were talking about this this restaurant in North Korea, the Magnolia House restaurant, just down the road from the Victorious Fatherland Liberation Museum and the display of the USS Pueblo, the ship that they took and captured and used as a display of everything that's wrong with us. The evil evil Westerners. But uh, there are reviews of this restaurant, and I, w- I want to share with you some of the reviews of the Magnolia House restaurant in North Korea on the banks of the Potong River, right there in Pyongyang. Communist food, this is from Morgan Wright, only gave it one star, just two months ago apparently visited. Communist food resembles communism. It tasted rubbish, but I was really put off by the dead orphans in the river. Yeah, that'll kind of ruin the night for me too. You know, if I'm I'm sitting there on a riverfront restaurant, cafe, and outside trying to look over the night sky, and there's a dead orphan floating by, it's going to kind of ruin the mood. Nevin gave the restaurant five stars, however, saying uh, after his visit three months ago, they have the best edible dirt here. Hmm. Zachary Matthew visited the Magnolia House restaurant in Pyongyang eight months ago and gave it four out of five stars. Had the VIP room, the best service ever. Although apparently they don't serve food here. And a blooming onion means something totally different in Korea. Just so you know. Scott Scarborough only gave the restaurant two stars, two out of five. But maybe it's because of the the drinks. Uh, Scott said, my Pomeranian filet was a little tough, but my wife loved the beagle chops. Still can't find a good sweet tea in this town. And finally, one star from Mike Smith who visited the Magnolia House restaurant in Pyongyang a year ago and said, I asked if they had vegan options. It turns out no one spoke English. It also turns out they have not served food in over five years. Well done, people. Well done. Uh, That's the uh, reviews. I'll tweet out a link to that so you can enjoy them yourselves. There are several of them. 
Now, in, in terms of the rhetoric that we're hearing, and everybody's talking about the rhetoric, and I, I will tell you that aside from all of the, all of the overreaction by the left-leaning media, I have had more confidence in the Trump administration on how they've handled the North Korean crisis than I've had with anything else they've done, with the exception of the idea to fire the 60 cruise missiles at Syria. I think that what the president and Rex Tillerson and General Mattis have done is nothing short of great political and diplomatic strategy, all wrapped up, and it looks like they're all working in concert. But the, the left-leaning media is having trouble with Donald Trump's statements. And I just think it's all meant to confuse them. It's intentionally being done to get the left-leaning media to pay attention to Donald Trump while Tillerson on the diplomatic side and Mattis on the military side are dealing with this situation. And yes, of course, we have... We have Japan now saying it's going to put up its uh, missile defense system, which I think is fine. Good. Japan should be trying to do something to protect itself. Haven't we coddled you for a long enough time, Japan? But with all the focus on Donald Trump and his statements, they're now asking people who said it. So I want to play the who said it game. Was it Donald Trump or Kim Jong-un? Who said it? We can't let a madman with nuclear weapons on the loose like that. We have a lot of firepower. Who said it? Was it Donald Trump or Kim Jong-un? Who said it? Robert, you want to guess on this one? We can't let a madman with nuclear weapons on the loose like that. We have a lot of firepower. Uh, that was Kim Jong-un referring to Donald Trump. You would be wrong, sir. That was actually Donald Trump saying that. Well, let's, let's give you another shot here. Robert's in Dallas, and I did not preview any of this with him because I wanted to see how he could deal with it. The days are gone forever when our enemies could blackmail us with nuclear bombs. The days are gone forever when our enemies could blackmail us with nuclear bombs. Was that Donald Trump or Kim Jong-un? Hmm, President Donald Trump. The days are gone forever when our enemies could blackmail us with nuclear bombs. That's Kim Jong-un. Really? Hmm. Isn't this interesting? Yeah. These, are the, these are the actual statements. These are, let, let me go on. We've made other countries rich while the wealth, the strength... And confidence of our country has disappeared over the horizon. Oh, that's got to be Trump. That's absolutely Trump. So you're one for three. Yes. This is, this is a tough, tough test, isn't it? I'll give you one more. Construction is an important front for solidifying the foundation of a thriving country and creating bases for people's happy lives. Oh, that, that's uh, Donald Trump with his uh, infrastructure demands and, and hopes and wishes. That would be Kim Jong-un. Really? Construction See, is an important front 
for solidifying the foundations of a thriving country and creating bases for people's happy life. Interesting when you break it down. Who said it? Donald Trump or Kim Jong-un? This, this one should be easy, right? This one should be simple. And yet when you listen to it and after seeing that you're one out of four in this test, one out of four that you got correctly, you begin to start doubting yourself. Actually, we I should raise, just listen to this one. We should raise fierce flames of innovations in the vanguard sectors, basic industrial sectors, and all other sectors of the national economy. See, I'm going Trump on that. But it and could you be, would be wrong. See, exactly. That would be Kim Jong-un. It is so bizarre when you boil it down. And here's my take on this. I believe the president is working on addressing Kim Jong-un directly but indirectly. I believe President Trump's statements are scripted not for, not for the American people, not for the American press, but to both send a message to China and to North Korea. I think what he's doing is, is absolutely intentional and just trying to get a message. He is speaking in the language of this little twit. So uh, I, I, I actually will give the Trump administration credit over this one. I think this is one of the smartest things I've seen them do. Not that they, they haven't done other smart things, but just not a lot for me. I think Trump speaking like Kim Jong-un is intentional. And I think, uh, I think anybody who thinks otherwise is short-changing and short-selling the president, a guy who nobody believed could get to the White House, and yet here he is. Think about it. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. It's nice to see some of the news networks finally catching up to a story that we've been talking about and asking questions about for the past couple of days, and that is the the uh, Cuban diplomats we kicked out of the country after some of our diplomats, our personnel at the State Department compound in Havana, were injured by. This sonic weapon that Heather Nauert talked about at the State Department three days ago. And this happened weeks ago, weeks and weeks ago. These acoustic attacks that actually took the hearing from one person, sickened others, and we had to actually send people home. My question is, why the hell are we still in Cuba? I know we're trying to undo what Obama started. But Cuba's not a friendly place. And now we have Americans who've been injured by these jack wagons. And it's probably something that was done in concert with the Russians. I, I, I would put good money on it. But thank you now, uh, the mainstream media, for finally starting to pay attention to this story. 
It's mystifying. It's frustrating. It's irritating. You know, you're, you're busy freaking out over Donald Trump's rhetoric. You're losing your mud over this. When we have actual Americans who have been targeted by Cuba and probably with the assistance of Russia with some kind of acoustic weapon. Why the hell are we in Cuba? Is it just for the cigars? I, I still go back to the fact that Cuba's harboring a cop killer. The woman who was involved in the killing of a New Jersey state trooper who escaped and got to Cuba and has been given asylum. And she's, she's been on the, the most wanted list. We know where she is. She's in Cuba. We shouldn't be there. We shouldn't be giving any money to a nation that, that harbors cop killers as well as human rights violations the way Cuba has it. I don't get it. I don't understand it at all. So I'm, I'm glad the mainstream media has finally caught up on this. By the way, did you know there's, um, there are jobs opening in uh, London, which is kind of an interesting story. Uh, London has a job open uh, right now for a, um, a gayness inspector. Wait, wh what did Mike just say? Yes, uh, the mayor of London, Mr. Khan, Sadiq Khan, announced that the, they're having a, um, a new job for a gayness inspector. What, what does a gayness inspector do? Fox News reported on it. The city of London has an exciting new job, gayness inspector. And if you've been to London recently, you'll know that's quite a demanding job. Thanks to uh, rising real estate prices and the growing popularity of dating apps, London has lost more than half its gay bars in the past decade. Hmm. So because of rising real estate prices and dating apps, at least that's according to this report, London has lost more than half of its gay bars. I wonder, I wonder what's happened to the other bars. I wonder what's happened to the straight bars. Has there been a similar loss of straight bars? Because dating apps are certainly out there for heterosexual and uh, homosexual activities. They exist. It's no secret. But why is it only the gay bars have closed down? And wh why is it that the rising real estate prices have squeezed out the gay bars and not the straight bars? Are you saying that gay people can't afford to live the same? I just... I, I've always seen statements and analysis that says gay households have more disposable income. This report continues. And that in the eyes of Mayor Sadiq Khan is a crisis that must be remedied. Mm. So the city has announced that a certain commercial development will only be approved if the final plan includes a new gay bar. And Talk about social engineering. Talk about a problem that doesn't exist that's being uh, solved, air quotes, by the government. 
They put it next to Mayor Khan's favourite mosque, just to add to the vibrancy of diversity. Uh, to make sure this bar isn't just a normal bar, the Mayor's office will, according to The Guardian, to send an inspector to make sure it's gay enough. Because don't you hate it when you go to a gay bar and it's just like, you know, sotto voce, it's not really flamboyantly gay? Uh, anyway, what does gay enough for Mayor Khan, uh, London's first Muslim mayor, mean? We're, we're afraid to ask. And so are half the imams in the east end i wonder i wonder what's really gonna happen can you imagine look london is london is a place that many of our progressive friends point to and say we need to be more like them no we don't need social engineering that mandates a a commercial development must have a gay bar before the city will allow it to be built Great job, London. Great job. The free market is the only answer. If there's a market and there's income, it will flourish. We need government to get the hell out of the way. I guess maybe that term, God save the queen, is being taken a little too literally. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.